Welcome to Live Love Lux, Manifesting the Life Unlimited. I'm your lovely host, Nicole. Welcome or welcome back if you are a longtime listener. Thank you for joining me. We will be discussing the CIA program MK Ultra today as a part of a our new switch in direction. I will continue to talk about manifesting. Manifest once you learn this, you can unlearn this. So please, if you're a fan or interested in the manifesting material, I will always find a way to put it back <laughs> into what I'm researching. I just wanted to take a diversion and go into some of the other things that I'm that I like. So without further ado, last week we started off talking about the conspiracy theory iceberg, specifically the Bank of Souls. We had a lively discussion last Saturday night at 11 p.m., which I have scheduled our next show for Saturday at 11 p.m. Ongoing, there will be live shows Saturday at 11 p.m. through the podcasting platform Podbean. So uh, please join in if you want to share your experience or your perspective or your opinion on these topics. But last week we had a very lively show, very, very good first show, and I was I was so pleased. And out of last week's show, decided to talk about MK Ultra this week. So that's what we're discussing, CIA Project MK Ultra. Now, there's a very different way of looking at information when you're just reading it just out of interest, and then when you're reading it to share. And I what I found is that the the information is way too broad to discuss in just one episode. So right now I'm looking at splitting this up in three episodes at the very least. It could probably be more. As I started to delve into more things, I found more ethical and, you know, just concerns uh, from my own perspective that I wanted to kind of go into and questions that I had that I want to kind of put out there for everybody to think about. So Today's episode is going to be an overview, a very, a very, uh, you know, light overview of what the program was, and then um, we'll talk about it tonight live, and then next week I'll go into some of the mind control aspects, uh, the monarch programming more, and then I'm not sure wherever that leads. Like I, I only uh, due to how my wonderful brain works. I only work uh, a couple of days at a time because anything that I put too far into the future uh, freaks me out. So we're talking about weeks ahead. This week, we're going to talk about the overview. Next week, we're going to talk about mind control. So, And that's, that's as far as I'm going. <laughs> so uh, again, I digress. Okay, so let's talk about CIA Project MKUltra. So this project was created in the 1950s. It was uh, formerly Project Artichoke. And um, there's a number, I don't want to get too much into the previous projects, what led up to it. Um, in the 1950s, 1953 to be exact, this project was kicked off. And this project's goal was to explore interrogation techniques. And um, hold on one second. Let's see and mind control methods. Uh, the CIA, the United States as a whole, I mean, we had just wrapped up World War II or recently wrapped up World War II. And the United States was looking at methods to keep itself on top, to keep, I mean, the central CIA is, is an intelligence agency. So 
they're looking at better ways to get intelligence. And if you capture an individual, how can you get this person to talk? How can you get this person to tell you what they know? Um, so that was the stated basis. But what I found interesting, you know, this was top secret. Nobody knew, but it was very far reaching. I mean, it reached into, I believe the CIA, they were running um, tests and experiments with 78 United States and Canadian universities, okay? So, I mean, you know that a lot of times they do a lot of test studies. I remember when I was in college, I signed up for different studies. Um, a lot of times, the people who were doing the studies did not know that their research was actually going towards this CIA program. At least that's, that's what they said anyway. Um, so here's the interesting, really, there were 149 sub-projects launched under MKUltra. And these sub-projects, I'm going to read you a couple of them because uh, pretty much the U.S. was like, we'll leave no stone uncovered <laughs> when it comes to mind control and, uh, and interrogation techniques. I mean, there were sub-projects on uh, hypnosis. There were sub-projects on um, behavior modification. There were sub-projects on the interaction, uh, other, uh, the interaction between drugs. I mean, there were sub-projects that had to do with race. Uh, I started going on a rabbit hole on that one, and then I had to stop myself and say, okay, that is something that we can talk about another time. But let me... Okay, so the one thing that I want to mention is that this was... this pro This was created in the 1950s, 1953. In the 1970s, the documents were destroyed. Okay? The documents were destroyed, and so there's not a lot of information available to the public about these CIA sub-projects. So this is based off what is available. A lot of this information is available on CIA.gov. CIA if you want to check it out for yourself, you can go into the, they have a reading room. They have the documents. There was a, I believe, like a Senate um, committee hearing in regards to this information because people, like I said, this this was a, a huge human experimentation uh, project. These, they were experimenting on us, on the general public, on uh, inmates, on people who were in mental institutions, uh, on people who were in the armed services. They were experimenting on, and these weren't like, hey, here's a pin prick or whatever. I mean, these were like blowing LSD into your face and seeing what happened, putting it in your food, putting it in your drinks. So, um, but here's some of the sub projects before I get into the overview. Like I said, this, it's a huge, it's, it's a lot of information. So bear with me. Subproject one was hypnosis. Subproject three was LSD studies. And these were the most controversial because unfortunately, what kind of brought attention to this is someone was given LSD um, and they died. They either committed suicide or they were pushed, but they were under an LSD, um, you know, uh, high. So there was sleep research, uh, chemical and biological warfare, drugs and electroconvulsive therapy, mind control, personality assessments, behavior modifications, sensory deprivations, um, 
drug studies and its effects, analysis and evaluation of biological agents, interrogation techniques, radio control of behavior, hmm, hypnosis and interrogation, biological research and development, that could be anything, right? Uh, biological studies, investigation of te techniques for controlling human behavior, tests and evaluation of biological agents and toxins, and chemical um, chemical and biological warfare methods, and then just general intelligence gathering techniques, right? So um, one of the things that I had looked at is because I'm black, and I wanted to know if any of the MK Ultra subprojects were targeted to black Americans. Subproject 68 uh, was a racial disparities study. Now, you got to love, I mean, I, I, I love our country. I love being an American. But God, when I read some of these things that we've done to our own people or that people have done to the general public, it makes me want to throw up. But here's the, <laughs> this is what they did. Uh, this project aimed to investigate the differences in reactions to certain drugs, including hallucinogens, between different racial and ethnic groups. The project uh, involved administering LSD to African-American individuals without their consent to observe the effects. Hey, let me get you high and see how you act. And maybe because you're black, you're going to do it a little differently than this white guy over here. But I'm going to sit here and watch, right? Uh, then there was another... Uh, Subproject that was geared towards uh, different racial and ethnic groups. Subproject 94 focused on developing interrogation techniques, and there are indications that it involves studying the responses of different racial and ethnic groups to specific interrogation methods. The extent of targeting and involvement of specific populations. Um, they it it, ju it was just general generally. Um, labeled as racial you know racial and ethnic groups the different racial and ethnic so it, it they could have included other people um but i'm like wow and just unknown this is unknown like if you were an inmate if you were a mental institute inside of an, a mental institution you were open to being a part of this this experimentation and I got to wonder, one of the questions that popped up for me when I was when I was reading this and processing this is, you know, okay, I'm, I understand attaining power. I understand trying to keep your place in the world, okay? You know, for what it's worth, for every bad thing that the United States has been accused of and, you know, is looked at, I mean, we, the United States offers a lot of positivity as well but the sign off to say hey let's experiment on our own populace you know that to me is like i thought we were a country for our for our own you know for the common good for the, the for the well-being and i'm not like i'm saying this and i'm not saying this in a in a very naive like i don't understand how politics and, and government and stuff works but it's just you know when you see how people really view you and, it, and it's not just like we get all caught up in the political aspects of like democrat versus republican black versus white you know uh heterosexuals and homosexuals and trans rights and all these different things we get caught up in these labels but understand this that for at least 20 years that they're willing to admit to they were experimenting on anybody 
that they, you know, that would fall into these groups that they, I guess, you know, marginalized groups that weren't, they didn't think would have a backlash. I mean, there were experiments um, that I was reading about specifically dealing with the LSD research where in San Francisco, well, it started in New York, but in San Francisco, you know, they set up these houses for, for Johns. They, they would pay these prostitutes to administer LSD to these Johns secretly. And then they'd watch the results, right? See what the effects were. Well, that could be anybody. I mean, that could be somebody's grandfather, father, whatever. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't it wasn't democratic johns or black johns or you know uh whatever it was anybody who who frequented this these particular um you know prostitutes and that was underneath this research this and again this is the publicly available information and that's horrifying like let's not get too numb this is the publicly available this is what they'll admit to okay so if that's what they'll admit to and they destroyed all the documents. You got to think, what are they not admitting to? <laughs> what did, what else have they done that they just said, hey, we'll destroy the documents and deal with that later. It'll be years before people find out. Yeah, so that's what, like I said, when you read what they have admitted to, what's publicly available on our national servers, CIA.gov, it's horrifying in of itself. So if that's what they'll admit to, what are they not admitting to? Okay, I don't want to get, that's, like I said, that blows my mind in and of itself. So let's get back to, okay, we're in the 1950s, and the United States decides it wants to experiment with LSD. And, um, you know, I was reading, I was reading some, I was actually watching a documentary about this, as well as reading information and pretty much they went hog wild with this LSD research. I mean, the the, the researchers were taking it. Um, it kind of proliferated a lot of these college campuses. I, I think that whole 1960s movement, that free love and peace and the hippie movement was definitely a effect of this LSD. Um, so here, okay, so I was curious because, again, the whole point of a lot of the LSD research in MKUltra had to do with administering it uh, without consent. So drinks and food, LSD was added to the drinks or food items, beverages, desserts without the knowledge of individuals who consume them. Um, they were inhalation. LSD was administered through aerosol sprays or by contaminating the air in enclosed spaces such as offices or interrogation rooms. Uh, they also de deceived many of the participants. Participants in MK Ultra experiments, including military personnel, prisoners, and volunteers, were sometimes misled about the nature of the substances they were given. They might have been told they were receiving a substance as a vitamin or participating in a different type of study. So they're like, hey, we're doing vitamin A research. Here's your little cup. And then let's just watch you trip for the next year, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, so, 1950s, we saw the death of Frank Olson. He was actually a... Um, this is kind of where I started my research with that. Um, there's actually a movie out about that that you can see. I'm going to create, like, a little, like, clip of um, that information because 
I did see um, the movie. Uh, there's actually a Netflix series called uh, Wormwood, and it explores the circumstances surrounding Frank Olson's death. His son has a documentary, and I don't know where that's streaming at, um, where they explore his death. But let, let me tell you what happened with Mr. Frank Olson. Um, he was a biochemist who worked for the U.S. Army's Biological Warfare Laboratory. And in November of 1953, he fell from a hotel window in New York City and died. Uh, and it was very suspicious. Uh, at the time of his death, Olson had been involved in the MK Ultra precursor known as Project Artichoke, which focused on interrogations and mind control techniques. It was later revealed that Olson had been unknowingly subjected to the LSD experimentation as part of the project. Initially, Olson's death was reported as a suicide, but subsequent investigations and inquiries by his family raised questions about the nature of his demise. And that's why in 1975, they held a committee of hearings to discuss it. And it was disclosed that Olson's death was likely the result of CIA experimentation gone wrong. And he may have been pushed or inadvertently fallen from the window following his trip, right? So, um, that's what kicked it off in the seventies. And honestly, I really, really, and this is really sad to say, but had this not been investigated, I think they would have kind of continued, um, their experimentations and quiet as it's kept, they might, they might be continuing them now. They're secrets. Again, we're not going to know until it's too late. We're not going to know, you know, we're not going to know until it's too late. I mean, that's just the nature of secrets. What, what kind of intelligence agency would you be if we all knew that you were experimenting on us, right? So this is the one I was referencing, Operation Midnight Climax. This project involved setting up safe houses in San Francisco and New York where CIA operatives hired prostitutes to lure unsuspecting individuals for experimentation. The subjects were then covertly administered drugs such as LSD to observe their reactions and gather information. Uh, now, here's where I kind of thought was interesting. The CAA had a project called Operation Often. And this is probably going to have its own show. Oh, no, no, no. I just, I just sped up. Operation Often caught my attention, and I'll tell you why. Now, remember I said they were studying the occult? So this project delved into the use of occult and esoteric practices for mind control and psychological manipulation. It was investigated. It investigated various alternative belief systems, including witchcraft, astrology, psychic phenomena, and they wanted to explore their potential applications in intelligence operations. Now, now this is something that I'm, I'm going to be working on because it has to deal with all the stuff that I like to talk about. Like, <laughs> so, but I was watching a content creator on TikTok who had mentioned that the MK Ultra, the techniques were derived from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Now, I have yet to verify that. So I heard a couple people mention, remember we talked about this last week, where a lot of this content that is coming out, if you don't trust and verify, if you don't verify what you're hearing, it is just, you have to wonder where it came from because... I couldn't, I couldn't, I haven't read the Egyptian Book of the Dead yet, 
it's on my bucket list, right? <laughs> but uh, supposedly, I, I'm still looking for the correlation between techniques, funerary rites, or whatever is mentioned in the Egyptian Book of the Dead, and how that relates to MK Ultra. Because from my overview, the Egyptian Book of the Dead is about the, you know, how to get your soul from here to there. <laughs> And there is up out of here, right? How to get out of the 3D into the 5D, if you will. So um, if they were able to, if there's techniques that are mentioned in the Egyptian Book of the Dead that mirror, mimic, or, I mean, not mirror, mimic, that um, MK Ultra mirrored or mimicked from reading that, I, I'm curious to see. So I'm not running with that as a, as a, theory or a posit I'm saying this is something that I heard and when I was looking at what other content creators were saying about MK Ultra. So but they did have an operation often and that's often like OFTN, you know, I often find myself thinking about conspiracy theories. Operation often. So so okay, it's a lot. I, I find myself overwhelmed, but it's it's electric though, because the money the amount of people that went into this information and the amount of data that was supposedly destroyed. Can you imagine? See, I don't know, like, if you're a student of history, you can see kind of the evolution of society and culture in the United States of America. And you see that around the late 70s, or, you know, mid to late 70s, there was a new age push. And I've always wondered, where did these new age ideas come from? Right? I mean, it, I understand that we became more of a global society, but we've kind of always been a global society, even if it took, you know, a year to get from some of these other countries to the United States. United States is and will always be a melting pot. There's always people from different cultures here. So new age philosophy wasn't new. Many of much of the information from the law of attraction and uh, the law of assumption, Neville Goddard, uh, these people that came around this came out around this time and who were sharing this information, you know, they had quote unquote, which we would call new age teachers. They had people teaching them this information. So it wasn't, it wasn't new, so to speak. So, but I, but I wonder the push into modern society though, I wonder if that isn't part of one of these projects, you know, and one of the thing I noted is, you know, if you think about propaganda and you think about how an idea becomes a cultural trend or a cultural phenomenon, I'll take my favorite, my favorite reality TV family, the Kardashians, okay? So I have been alive long enough to, to watch their evolution from, you know, the very beginning to where they are now. And I remember when their show first came out, I remember like my contemporaries, you know, nobody, people were, people were not interested in watching them. Okay. It, I mean, I, I just remember, I, again, as we're talking about a small sampling size of my friends and hey, if you haven't figured it out, I don't have a lot of friends. Okay. <laughs> so, 
but I'm just saying like a small sampling size of people that I talked to people weren't really watching I think after the first couple episodes there were some if I there were some pretty like shocking thing not shocking but entertaining things like gotcha moments so that people would tune in and I watched it and I did watch the show I think I watched maybe the first couple of episodes uh I mean not the first couple episodes the first couple of seasons but after a while I started to feel I mean we're all naive when we go into these new formats I mean it's reality tv are we really watching their reality did we ever really think I think sometimes yes we do think that we're really watching their reality until something breaks the fourth wall and we and we realize that this is just as staged as a sitcom this is just as staged as law and order i mean then you realize that this is just as staged as anything else on television but initially you go into it and you feel as if you are watching something secretive something private something intimate these and and you're identifying with these family moments again I can I, I, I digress but my point is, is how does something go from something that is kind of campy and silly and like I'm not watching this to becoming a cultural phenomenon it takes years right the, the Kardashians it's years we've they've been in front of us for at least 20 years okay so that's a whole like childhood and and an adolescent time period for people to be for lack of a better word, indoctrinated and for the process of mind control to to move forward. And and, and why do I call it mind control? Because uh, I will say I watched from when Kylie Jenner had no lips to when Kylie Jenner had full lips. And I watched all these girls, these young girls go out, these young girls... Um, who were not naturally endowed with full lips go out and get lip plumpers and lip kits and all these types of things to mirror her look. That is mind control, right? Because that's basically saying, oh my gosh, she is an idol, right? She's a star. She's a, a modern day myth, right? And she is doing this to her body and I will do, I, I want to look like her because she is adored. I mean, she's a beautiful girl. Don't get me wrong. They're all beautiful women, regardless of what they do to their bodies. They're all super attractive women. And they're culturally amb uh, ambiguous. So they can be accepted by a wide range of races and um, ethnicities. Okay. So in looking at that, that's mind control at, at its best and highest level right now you say why is there a plot to make women's lips bigger I, bigger i don't know i don't know that there's a plot i think sometimes it's just to see if we can do it it's just hey if we put this out there can we can we manipulate the populace enough to set trends and agendas this uh revlon wants to make a little bit more money with their lips <laughs> with their lipstick can we, can we get an extra five billion dollar revenue stream that just comes from lips okay let's make this lady's lips big and let's make it popular and let's make it whatever i don't know i don't know the reasoning and theory behind it you know 
I mean, I suspect everything comes down to money at some point, money and power, you know, but I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen how the trajectory of mind control goes. And I, I wonder how much of this wide spanning research contributed to the modern marketing uh, efforts that we, we receive today. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop there because it's, we're at the 30, almost at the 30 minute mark. And again, this was just a brief overview. I didn't even get, see, see, see exactly what I'm talking about. I didn't even get to the sixties and the seventies, or I barely got into the seventies. So in the next episode, which will be part two, uh, we'll talk a little bit more specifically about who started or who was running the MK Ultra program, Sydney Gottlieb. We'll talk a little bit about some of the other players, um, that we know about uh and we'll talk some uh, a little bit about the re resources and references that if you want to read a little bit more like i said it's a lot of information it is a lot of information and um there might be different things that speak to you so i, I will give you a list of references like i said you can start at cia.gov like you know our government is gangster that way. You can start right there. They'll tell you what they did. What they, they'll tell you what they admit to doing. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, you can go right there and start your research if you're so inclined. Tonight, well, it's Saturday night when I'm post. I mean, it's Saturday when I'm posting this. So every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Podbean, I will be going live. That may expand into a. Uh, that may expand in the future, but right now I'm just testing out my my live feed. I had a great time last week i had people call in i had friends call in it's a great time come join the live show share your opinions it's very light it's fun you know this some of this material is a little on the darker side so you know be prepared for that um, we're all adults here and it's all good we're all sharing information but so if you're ready for something like that then join me live saturdays 11 p.m eastern standard time live love lux live so hey that is the show I'm excited. I love this type of stuff. I can't wait to when we get into the Monarch programming. That is so interesting. Probably that'll be like several parts. But, um, you know, this is the overview. Very brief overview. Some of my personal concerns and disgusts and, you know, what's happened in the past. Um, but, hey, you know what? Manifest your reality. Manifest a better life. Manifest a world where, you know this stuff comes out in the open and there is uh people are compensated for their pain and suffering and that we can manifest a better life but honestly well i'll talk about that later like i said so many different topics i don't know what to do with myself okay but hey manifest your life um if you need help with that i do coach um Listen to my past shows. I go over the process on, on uh, law of attraction, law of assumption, having what you want, living the life unlimited where there is no limits, okay? So um, thank you for joining me. And hey, welcome to your life. It's been real. <laughs>